Hi, I'm Emily Salaby, founder of Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company, and your host on the Hazard Girls podcast here on Jacket Media. I'm so honored to host this show where I get to chat with Hazard Girls about their careers. Hazard Girls is an online community for women working in traditionally male-dominated fields. On our show, you'll get to hear from these amazing women about the path that led them to their current careers, challenges they've overcome, advice for other women in entering these industries, and more. Angela Cacase has spent the last 14 years tackling male-dominated trades work. She is the creator of Move Over Bob, LLC an ongoing project to empower women in construction and trades careers. What began in 2017 as an Instagram page and popular hashtag has more recently launched as an online publication that works with bona fide trailblazers to create a place of discovery for women in every part of their journey within their construction and trades careers. In addition to her work and commitment to move over Bob, Angela operates her own remodel, design, and custom carpentry business out of North Carolina. It's called A. Marie Design Build, LLC. And there, she works with homeowners to create one-of-a-kind spaces of their dreams. Originally from Guam, Angela spent much of her life in the Washington, D.C. area, where her love for skilled trades began as a classically trained barber. It was in 2013, with the purchase of her first home in North Carolina, that she began her pursuit into her construction career and her mission to find and thank women who have paved the way before her. Angela is a wife to a supportive computer nerd and a proud mother of a rambunctious two-year-old. Well, that sounds like a fun house, Angela. <laughs> it can be a little bit noisy, but yeah, it's good. <laughs> well, how are you? Welcome to the show. I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate being invited on. I love what you're doing with all of your projects, especially Hazard Girls. So I'm excited. Me too. Well, first of all, can I just say, Angela, that the name Move Over Bob, and I think I told you this before, is just pure gold. <laughs> it's such a great name. It drew my attention right away, and I'm not surprised it, it just took off as a hashtag. Can you tell us the story of where the name came from and how Move Over Bob got started? Yes. Yeah. I, um, I thoroughly enjoy um, women using the hashtag Move Over Bob because um, there's, there's just this, this sense of... Um, uh, Speaking our place within the the industry, um, and that's how it started for me. I actually came up with Move Over Bob, um, deciding to finally go to uh, trade school, uh, construction trade school. And the first day of class, I showed up super intimidated and very worried about being the only woman there. Um, and lo and behold, I showed up. There were twelve students in the class, and six of them were women. And that's amazing. It was amazing. Yeah, and I remember there was this point where we're all sitting around and like looking at each other, and I was like can we talk about this? Like half of us are women. Yeah. Uh, so I went home from class that day and then I joked on my Facebook page uh, that uh, I said, you know, fun fact, half the people in my construction class are women. And then I joked with the hashtag, I just put hashtag move over Bob. And it just, everybody, it felt like all of these women that I hadn't talked to in years just kind of like came out of the woodwork, um, I guess pun intended, <laughs> to just be like, you know, laughing about it and just loving uh, loving knowing that there were women trying to get into construction. There was something very empowering about it, whether they were other women in construction or not. And so um, I started thinking about it more. I was like, okay, well, it made me feel really good finding out that there were other women like myself that wanted to get into construction. 
I'm like, there's clearly, I know there's other women out there. Uh, so I need to just go find them. And at the time I thought, okay, Instagram would be a great platform for that because, um, you know, just this idea of normalizing the image of women in construction, obviously Instagram being, you know, a photo platform. So I started the Instagram and yeah, it just, it really kind of took off and um, it's just been a lot of fun just, you know, searching, uh, searching all through Instagram to find uh, women in construction. And back in 2017, when I started, it was a bit difficult to find. Now there's just, there are so many women, um, that are really kind of coming out of their shells and posting pictures. And it's just become this amazing community that I'm really proud of being a part of. So Angela, is the name Move Over Bob talking about Bob Villa or Bob the Builder? I think that's the question so, on everyone's mind here. Well, it's funny because it's, it. I guess at the time when I thought about it, uh, it, it was a combination. So I had also you know, what prompted me to actually take construction classes was that I had remodeled my own kitchen and uh, it was my first ever go at remodel, but I ended up winning this old house magazine's national competition for remodel. Congratulations. So Bob was very much on my brain <laughs> at the time. Yeah. Um, and, um, but then, you know, obviously Bob the Builder is just something we all grew up with. So, um, and then in general, you know, Bob, it's just I feel like there's always a Bob in every industry. And he's like, you can kind of imagine like who he is. And, you know, they're like perfectly nice older gentlemen, but um, it just, yeah, it, I, it's kind of a, I guess it was a bit of a playoff of both, yeah. you know, or Bob feeling, <laughs> yeah, Bob the Builder. Um, it's just that recognizable. It works. And I think it's, it, yeah, it's been making it, it makes it fun because it doesn't take too long for people. Um, you know, most people kind of get it right away and laugh. Uh, yeah. Others that don't get it when you kind of like, you know, Bob the Builder, they're like, oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they'll get, um, if they don't get one reference, they'll get the other one. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, you talked about how you were featured in this old house. So I would love to hear about that. Um, well, tell us about the project and and tell us about the magazine spread and the whole the whole situation. Uh, so I had, um, my husband had actually got a job in Raleigh, North Carolina. And at the time I was still a barber in Washington, DC. And when he got the job, I, I got a bit of a look at the housing prices in North Carolina, which are drastically cheaper than those in Washington, D.C. So mm-hmm. for like the first time in my life, I was like, wait a minute, we could buy a house. <laughs> so he moved to North Carolina and I stayed, actually stayed behind because I made very good money as a barber there. And so I was like, I'll save up some money because I had always dreamt of fixing up a house. Um, I grew up with parents who were always, you know, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. So they were very DIY savvy. And, um, you know, so I grew up redecorating my bedroom like every year I was mm-hmm. like I would save birthday money to like buy paint like that was what I would yeah. like spend my birthday money on so it was just a dream of mine so after a little over a year I saved up enough money and purchased a home for us here and uh it was you know that dream house that had good bones and um but definitely needed some updating so I uh, originally started with uh, doing the deck my dad was a teacher growing up and in the summers, you know, being a teacher, again, not making a lot of money, he would get construction jobs. So he had a bit of experience, especially with building decks. And so he brought all of his tools down from D.C. and we tackled the deck build together. And then after that, I was like, OK, that was a lot of fun. I want to do the kitchen now. Mm-hmm. And um, my husband, I think, originally thought I was going to hire somebody. 
to do <laughs> to do it. But I, I and I entertained that for a second. I like met with a couple of contractors and then like decided that it just it wasn't driving. They didn't get my vision, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Um, and so my dad was like, "Here, I'll just leave my tools and you do it." <laughs> I'm like. Yeah, okay, I'm gonna do it. So reluctantly, very reluctantly, my husband was like, okay, like <laughs> I really don't have a lot of control over this. So I started um I started tearing apart the kitchen. And I had this really sweet spot between leaving that job in DC and having to find another one in North Carolina. So I had like a solid three months where I knew I could I could do this. Um so I did, and it ended up being a very life-changing experience. Um I loved it as much as I thought I would love it. And it turned out great. And my husband had shown some pictures after I had, um, you know, and of course I went like the whole nines. I like did my own like staging picture and <laughs> like mm-hmm. really got into it. So he was showing those pictures to a coworker and the coworker was like, oh my gosh, your wife needs to send her pictures to this old house. They have this like competition every year. And so he came home and told me about it. And I was like, okay. So I sent the pictures in. And uh, I ended up winning their kitchen remodel. And so, yeah, it was pretty cool. So the editor um, from the magazine gave me a call, told me that I had won and that they were going to send, you know, a crew to to my house to do a photo shoot. um, And there would be a feature in their um, October issue. Um, And I ended up after that having a really great conversation with her about how I wanted to do this. Uh, for a living. And she was very generous with her time, Uh, just an amazing person. And she just kind of gave me this checklist of like, here, this is how you tackle it. Like, go do it. Oh, nice. Yeah. (laughs) She was like a mentor in a way. Oh, totally. Yeah. No, I was, I'm so great. I mean, you know, I was so nervous about asking this like big, you know, big editor of a magazine. I'm like, can you talk to me? And I think it speaks a lot to a lot of women's experiences where like, who do you talk to? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to make this career change. I want to get into construction and I don't know who I'm supposed to talk to about this. So in some ways, I think she, like being, you know, obviously an editor and like not in construction <laughs> was like trying her best to be like, well, I think you should do this or like maybe like look into that or, you know, or, um, but, you know, she had some general understanding of, and, you know, the industry as a whole. Yeah. So she was more than happy to try to encourage me to pursue it. But um, yeah, it's just, yeah, it was, it, it basically just hit the ground running and then just kept going from there. You were a barber. So you started out in the skilled trades. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what you learned from being a barber that kind of translated into the construction industry and helped guide you in your career in that and even in your your current career um, with Move Over Bob, which is media? Yeah, it, there was a lot of transferable skills um, from barbering into construction. I um, you know, everything from, you know, I, I was classically trained. So that means like there were no plastic guards. It was like old school, like the greatest compliment I could ever get was someone telling me I reminded them of like an old Italian man cutting their hair, like, because that was how I approached barbering yeah. and that was how I was taught. So, um, you know, a lot of just this, like, you know, having respect for the trade, having respect for the craft um, was really, really built into my education in that respect. Um, which very well, you know, kind of goes into carpentry. Um, But then in addition to that, I think the biggest thing was the customer service. Um, You know, a lot of people, especially in a town like DC, you know, some people are looking for a good haircut, you know, for, you know, just functionality, like they need to look good and like 
just respect that and get it done. Other people, it's about kind of self-expression. Um, and so, you know, I think the, that, that consultation, that, that experience that I had working with people to try to understand more of like what they're trying to get out of their transformation was a big deal. Mm -hmm. And again, transfers into, you know, I'm in residential construction. So just like hair is very personal to people, like people's homes and their spaces are very personal to people. And, you know, having respect for, you know, the fact as a creative person, being able to look at them and say, okay, well, what is it that, what can I do for you to make you feel good about yourself or feel better in your space? Um, So that was a, a transferable skill that, um, has been very valuable, um, working in construction. Um, I think it also kind of speaks to how, you know, in customer service, you know, and as a woman, you know, what we can bring to the table, which is a little bit more of that, like kind of caregiving, like, you know, um, wanting people to feel good about themselves and, and, and kind of going the extra mile in, in, in making sure that, I'm, you know, delivering a good experience for them and I'm giving them, you know, what they're looking for. Um, yeah, well, people so. say that their their hairdressers are sometimes like therapists. And I've <laughs> also heard the exact same thing from women in construction and architecture. So that makes total sense. Yeah. And I think, too, it's like it's interesting um, <clears throat> because in barbering. So when I started barbering, it was like it was like before Queer Eye was out. So like mm-hmm. men grooming themselves and and kind of getting them to like lean into this like self-care because in DC it was predominantly all like male clientele. Um, so it, it's kind of interesting because similarly to me trying to get them to feel comfortable, like leaning into the, I guess, what is perceived as the more feminine side of them, or you know, the, mm-hmm. the feminine side, it's like the flip now where I'm working with, with female homeowners who are like getting empowered and I'm like kind of getting them into like, their interest in construction, like, you know, that kind of thing, and like leaning into what they've been told they need to stay away from. But similarly on both sides, it's like, there's, you know, we live in a world right now with so much information and so many resources that, you know, like people are getting curious about things that they were traditionally told not to look into. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like this, like flip of like, you know, the <laughs> gender scales, like, you know, um, so it's kind mm-hmm. of been fun in that way too, looking at it. So then when you decided to transition um, from your career as a barber into construction, you decided, you know, I think most people would have gone to work for someone, but you decided to start your own construction company. Can you talk a little bit about that and why you made that decision? Yeah, I um, had kind of gone back and forth about my you know, options. I ended up having um, a really helpful teacher um, at the community college where I was taking the building technologies course. And uh, he was a bit influential in my decision in starting my own company. Um, really point blank one day, it just said, like, I see you as somebody who would just go to, you know, work for yourself, which again, I think as a barber. So like when I was in DC, I rented a chair, you know, it, I was, barbers are interesting in the sense where you're kind of, you are either, if you are working for somebody, you're getting kind of getting commission under them, or like I had done, you know, essentially owning my own individual business. Um, so mm-hmm. business ownership wasn't terribly intimidating to me, not to say that there wasn't a lot to learn because there was, um, but um, I think it was also a matter of like my interest. So I had really gotten into design and using SketchUp, um, which is a 3D rendering program. Um, I was very into building custom carpentry. I was, you know, very eager to tackle the project management. So there were just a lot of different parts of, you know, what could be a business. 
um, that I really wanted to dive into. And, I, and, and business ownership uh, was I, at that point really kind of the part that made the you know the part of the industry that made the most sense to dive into. So. Um, I remember actually, cause I had gotten a job as a barber, um, in Durham, North Carolina and like in between hair clients, <laughs> I had gotten a phone call, um, from my professor. Um, and he was like, you know, like, what are you doing? So barbering, like get to work. Cause at the time I was, I was squeezing in, like I was building cabinets for people, but I was doing it like after I was done working, you know, barbering mm-hmm. and just working on the weekends, like doing these side builds and still not treating it as something that was going to be a full-blown career. And so um, he was like, you need to stop barbering and just like get to work. And then like right Mm -hmm. after I got that call, a friend from school called me up and was like, okay, I have this couple in Chapel Hill. They love you. They really want to work with you. You need to take this job and just quit barbering. (laughs) And so I was like, Okay. And I, I like literally quit the next day and um, took that job. And it was just like, okay. Well, and I went through the motions of getting my LLC, getting insured, yeah. getting everything I needed so that I could take this first job. And um, I feel like most things in my life, it was just a matter of like, okay, I'll do it. And then I just like jump in. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then that's just what it is. So make it work, you know? Well, that's awesome. Um, it sounds like you've had, you had a lot of people on your side and you had a, you had a lot of great mentors. And then you had that class that you started with, that you, that you took with six other women or five other women in the class, which was half of the class. So that's great that you have that. And so I wanted to ask you a little bit about, you know, being a woman um, in the construction industry, have you met any challenges? And if so, uh, how have you dealt with them? Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, it's, it's a bit tricky because, you know, being the business owner, being the general contractor, being the carpenter um, on a job, uh, having to gain the respect of subcontractors, mm-hmm. you know, was a bit of a hurdle. Um, and, you know, cause I, like I said, I, I do the design work, the project management and the carpentry, um, but subbing out electricians, plumbers, you know, HVAC, yeah. things like tile, even I subbed out tile because I have mad respect for really good tilers. And, um, but you know, that initial, you know, meeting with them on site and they're, they always think I'm the homeowner. And it's always like, mm. no, <laughs> no, yeah. um, no, I would be your boss if you take <laughs> this job and if I choose you for this job. And, you know, and so um, kind of getting over that hurdle, I think part of the reason why I really leaned heavily into carpentry, it was it ended up being very helpful on the job site because I had my two belts on all day, every yeah. day, and I would be working on something um, alongside them or what have you. And so I think that kind of helped with like gaining the respect. I wasn't there just to like boss them around. I was there to work with them um, <laughs> to get a job done. And, and it kind of, it, it ended up working out fine because a lot of them actually really appreciated my customer service side because then they didn't have to deal with the homeowner. And it was yeah. very much so like, you know, it was like, oh, I get to just show up and do my job. I don't have to talk to homeowners. I'm like, yes, because I will talk to them for you. Um, so, you know, that for the most part ended up working out great. Um, but I definitely had trouble with uh, I've had trouble with certain subcontractors. Um, a lot of times, I mean, it go, kind of boils down to the customer service thing again, where they didn't have the same level of customer service um, that I mm-hmm. wanted to deliver for a client that clashed. Um, it's one way that I've actually really enjoyed finding other tradeswomen mm-hmm. because I do find that uh, other women in the industry have a similar passion of like wanting to kind of go above and beyond. And that works really well <laughs> for me because it's a less of like trying to get subs to do do good by your clients because come on, like do me a favor here and more of a like, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I want to do right by the client too. Um, So, 
not to say that I haven't found men that have that that same level, but not quite the same that I find other tradeswomen have. <laughs> so, so let's talk about that. I mean, yeah. you brought up the other tradeswomen and, you know, really that's, I think what everybody wants to hear is all about Move Over Bob also, in addition to your path and your journey. So what has it been like for you interviewing all of these incredible women that you featured in Move Over Bob? I want to hear a little bit about um, what it's like to interview them all. I do something similar, I guess. Um, but for me, I'm just so constantly inspired talking to women like you and uh, the other women that I interview for this podcast. Um, so I have a question for you, which is if you had to pick one of them that was the most influential to you, who would it be and why? That's a hard <laughs> question because I do find that every single one of them has like inspired me. So that is terribly hard, but I will say there, I guess there was one there's one woman that I, I kind of, I like think of on the regular because I think of her when I'm like feeling like tired and like, oh, I don't want to do this. I'm like, no, yeah. <laughs> like get up. Um, and that woman would be Danielle Bryant from Thrive Construction. She also started a Make It Count for Danny, which is a foundation for uh, youth with rheumatoid arthritis. Um, so her story, man, I mean, I've been following her on Instagram for years. And so I was very excited to get an interview with her mm-hmm. and like her story just... I, I think I could relate to a certain amount of it in the sense of um, just that that early adult struggle, um, which she had, but then compound that with finding out she had rheumatoid mm-hmm. arthritis. She was this all-star athlete that ended up um, like losing her athletic career and then finding uh, finding her way in construction and almost treating it like a sport. And it was just such an inspirational interview and story. And, um, you know, she, like a lot of the other women I interview, didn't have the opportunity to go down a traditional college track, mm-hmm. which I can relate to. We didn't, I didn't have enough money. It was, you know, I got into trades work because I had to like make ends meet. I had to make it work. I had to provide for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you know, a lot of the women that I've interviewed, like I said, they've kind of gone down similar paths and um, yeah, she's just someone, she has her, like her, her phrase is, you know, make it count, you know, move every day. And she's got all these really motivational things. Yeah. So um, she's just somebody that I admire. Um, but like I said, I mean, all of them, I honestly, every single woman that I have interviewed, um, just so inspired by, you know, yeah. the stories that they have to tell and the adversity that they've over, you know, overcome. Um, it's, it's a really, really, just an inspiring thing. I think women in construction and I'm biased, like just have the interesting stories. <laughs> like, you know, there's just this, like, they're, they're such dynamic individuals. Um, and it's, it's fun to, and I think it's pretty easy to find little parts of ourselves in every single woman that I talk to. I love um, that. And I think that's really cool. Well, you've been featured, like we said, on This Old House, The Washington Post, Herald Sun, and others. And I first found about out about you from a Washington Post article called Meet the New Wave of Female Builders by Miley Pingle. So I would love to know how um, how did that Washington Post article come about and how did it play into the creation of Move Over Bob as uh, an online publication rather than just a hashtag? Yeah, so I joke that Miley Pingle, I'm like, if she could be a fairy god sister <laughs> is what I would call it. Because she, I, uh, gosh, I forget what summer it was now. I guess it was a lot, like two summers ago. Um, I was at a very kind of, you know, difficult point in my, like my personal construction journey. I had just had my son. He had some health issues. It was just, I had, you know, just been through a lot to try to stay afloat, keep my business afloat, keep my family afloat, like 
everything good. And, um, you know, I had even slacked a bit really on even the Instagram page. I was just, you know, not move over Bob had unfortunately, and, and not because of, uh, a lack of passion just kind of fell a bit on a back burner for me. Um, but I got this email, this random email from this woman named Miley Pingle, who was writing for the Washington Post. And she was like, hi, I'm writing an article for about women in construction. And I was wondering if you'd be willing to be interviewed. I was like, sure. And so I replied to her, though, I was like, oh, if you're really looking for like awesome women in construction, like you should check out my Instagram page, Move yeah. Over Bob. Like there's a bunch of them. Like there's a lot of women there. Yeah. And so um, she wrote back and she was like, well, no, I actually, I found Move Over Bob and that's what inspired me to write the story. And I was like, oh, okay. She's like, I know all about it. I'm like, okay. Um, so uh, we scheduled an interview and she's just one of the most kind, amazing people I've ever met. Um, and she kind of, kind of relit that spark of like my, my passion of like, you know, why I started Move Over Bob, you know, what I had dreamt of doing with it. You know, we really got into the skilled trades gap in my like ridiculous life passion about that. And it, she wrote the article and it just, it gave me that push that I needed to really focus on like, okay, like you've always said, I was going to do more than just an Instagram page. So like, what are you going to do? And so I went through, I guess a good eight, nine months after that article was written, kind of exploring different business plans and trying to see like what I wanted to make out of it. And landed on this website of really just doing more of what I had been doing before, which is finding women, trying to tell their stories, trying to share resources, try to build community mm -hmm. through just disseminating information um, and kind of keeping it quite simple because the reality is there are so many amazing clubs and associations and nonprofits doing amazing work. And I feel like Move Over Bob best serves the community by giving those women and organizations more exposure. Mm -hmm. Like The more we talk about it, the more Women are talking about, you know, all of this stuff, you know, great podcasts to listen to, you know, great blogs to read. There's just, there's so much out there. And my goal is always to just try to get more people to know about what's going on. Well, you've talked about building community, not competition. Can you tell us what you mean by that and how Move Over Bob can play a role in that? Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's always good for women to have their tribe, you know, like their group of women that they relate closely to and can share, you know, their personal struggles with. Um, but I do think when it comes to the construction industry, we have a very unique opportunity with the skilled trades gap and with the need of more people getting into construction. Women have a really unique opportunity to like really dramatically change the numbers. And I think the best way to do that is to kind of step out of our bubbles a bit um, and realize that like, that other nonprofit or that other association or that other club, like maybe that's not the right club for you, but like encourage those yeah. girls, like encourage the association, like keep that information in your back pocket. So if you meet another woman and they could benefit from it, like then share that with them. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, but just this idea of like, you know, not competing with one another and, and more just celebrating each other's achievements and, and celebrating what we can actually do when we get together, you know, <laughs> like there's a huge industry. There's so much to tackle. There's so much to do. And it's going to take all of us to get it done. Exactly. It's just going to, you know, so um, I really, and again, with Move Over Bob and I try to keep Move Over Bob really diverse in like mm -hmm. who I'm trying to talk about and the different organizations and associations and 
um, doing everything I can to really like weave it together, really kind of weave together blue collar work and white collar mm-hmm. work, you know, engineers, like you'll find, you know, architects and you'll find plumbers mm-hmm. like on the same page because of this, like we all need to do this together. And it doesn't matter what your path was. The end result is like, we can do a lot of amazing things in the construction industry. Collaborations between women. It's, it's all about that. I love it. You've talked about the skilled trades gap a few times. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and why it's so important to you? Yeah. So I actually, before I became a barber, um, my dream, my original professional dream was to become um, a psychiatric social worker. And I wanted to work in alternative programs. Um, So those being the uh, middle schools and high schools for kids with emotional and behavioral disabilities. Mm. Um, And back then, I had really become obsessed with like, why aren't there other modes of education for these students? Like, and I don't know if you're familiar with the No Child Left Behind mm-hmm. Act, but that got passed in 2002. And that is a huge reason why we have the skilled trades gap right now, um, because that legislation really took away a lot of those vocational um, courses from schools mm-hmm. uh, because standardized testing was the way everything had to be, you know, schools were getting funding based on their math tests. So they weren't going to invest money into, you know, shop class, which there could be so many arguments as to why shop class would be great for math. But anyways, um, so I was like obsessed with this. I was writing all my papers about it. I'm like, there needs to be more vocational education mm-hmm. for these students. Um, well, as mentioned, I didn't have a lot of money and those early years were a struggle for me. So I ended up getting into barbering because I needed to just work. (laughs) So I dropped out of college and just worked. Um, So it was kind of a weird and interesting thing with this return and then kind of finding myself back in, like getting into the construction industry myself and pursuing another trade that was more aligned with my initial kind of obsession for vocational education for these, these students that I used to be obsessed about advocating for and now realizing that I was going to go do it myself mm-hmm. and try to get more women into it. Um, so the skilled trades gap to me is just this, it's this indescribable obsession mm-hmm. that I've had for a really long time. I used to talk, you know, I joke that I had, you know, all of my past clients like have had conversations with me about the skilled trades gap. Mm-hmm. I used to talk their ear off. About, like, Did you know, you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, talk about the no child left behind act and, you know, Obama passed, uh, you know, uh, signed a kind of a rewrite of the No Child Left Behind back in 2015, but that's still, you know, 13 years, an entire generation, a millennial generation yeah. that was led towards a college track that wasn't right for everyone. Right. And now we're left with, you know, the average plumber is 55. Like, that's not okay. You know, like, we're, you know, we need to get more young people into it. So, so if people go onto your website at Move Over Bob, is there an area they can read about the skilled trades gap? Um, there's some like articles that have been written. Um, so Move Over Bob, the website consists of like editorials, um, op-eds from other like, guest writers who have graciously donated their time to write um, and these feature stories. Um, but I did write like there was one article that I wrote for uh, the website that was released at launch that was talking about how there are a lot of the parents, like trades mm-hmm. parents, have been using this extra COVID family time <laughs> to teach their kids a skilled trade. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of joking that, like, you know, these trades parents could be the answer to our school, <laughs> right? Like, they're going to teach their kids these valuable, um, uh, you know, hands on, uh, very, very valuable skills. So it's this, it's kind of woven into a lot of the different articles. Yeah. And I, 
probably will never shut up about it. So there will be information um, and, you know, uh, information on all of that. So, well, that's so interesting. And I encourage everyone to please go immediately over to Move Over Bob and check out the articles, um, see what we're talking about here if you haven't yet. Although I, I think everyone's probably heard of it by now. Um, why don't you tell us where people can find you? Uh, it's moveoverbob.com. And then what are your social media handles? So the Instagram is at moveoverbob. Um, I do have a personal one that I don't spend as much time on, but it's uh, at Trady for Life is my personal Instagram. And uh, there is a Move Over Bob Facebook. Uh, and uh, my company website is amoriedesignbuild.com if you'd like to check out my uh, construction. Oh, definitely. Well, Angela, it's always a pleasure chatting with you. And since you're the journalist, in the past, I've answered questions for you. So this has been a treat to be able to sit down and learn about your story and your path. Um, and, you know, we think Move Over Bob is amazing and hugely needed in the industry. And we're so excited to see what you've got in store for us next. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You have been listening to the Hazard Girls podcast on Jacket Media, sponsored by Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company. That's junojonesshoes.com. And you can go there to learn about our steel toe boots and to join the Hazard Girls community. I'm your host, Emily Salaby. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.